are now listening to The Awakened Soul. Welcome to episode two of The Awakened Soul. I am CEO Hayes. Episode one, I got a lot of feedback from a lot of positive feedback. The iTunes reviews have been crazy and humbling. Um, Just the fact that this many people interacted with the podcast this early on. Like I said, we're only this is only the second episode. So we have one released episode up until this point. And I've I've just gotten a lot of feedback, uh, way more than what I thought I would get after just one episode. I thought it would take a little bit more time to really get that word out like that but i've been hitting hard a lot of people who listened to the podcast and liked it have also shared it and got it out there so this thing's growing and i just like i said i just really wanted to start the show off by telling each and every one of you thank you who did listen to episode one who sent uh, me emails and messages on social media just telling me how much you liked that first podcast i had two people message me uh, talking about how it makes them want to podcast. And that, it, like I said, that's kind of stuff for me is very humbling. Um, this podcast, the whole purpose of it was to provoke thought and conversation. And episode one surely did that. Um, also, just just to, to mention it, you know, um, episode one, I kind of did take it easy on you guys. It was a basically a proof of concept. I didn't really want to go too heavy into one way or another or turn anyone initially away. This episode, as much as I tried and I wanted to ease into some of the more critical things and some of the more things that may offend some people, this episode, I'm going to tell you right now, isn't going to be for everyone. Uh, I, I read some things this weekend. It's going to get me on a rant. That's how we're going to start off the show. Um, but it's a conversation and some thinking that I, I really think needs to be said. I also want to hear everybody else's opinion on it. So when you hear it, even if you don't like it, you know, like I said, engage in that conversation, provoke that thought. Another announcement that I have is that we're actually starting the Awakened Soul blogs and it's blogs from not necessarily just me. I got a lot of people. Like I said, I got a lot of feedback um, from people who wanted to share their story. They wanted to ask questions like I uh, I answered on that the end of that first episode. And some of these questions more so t- turned into stories about their life. And I feel like a lot of people could get something out of reading some of these stories that these people have gone through. And some a lot, a lot of it is relationships. Some of it is just life. And I think that you know, for a, a podcast that I said I want to provoke thought and, and deeper thinking and, and conversation, what do I look like? Uh, just just I, I can't do certain people's stories justice, even answering a question here. So those blogs are going to be where I release. I, I got a few people typing up their stories in, in, a, in, a, in a really good way. And we're going to present that to you guys as written blogs um, on a website that I'm creating. So definitely be on the lookout for that. I'll tweet it out, um, put it all over my social media once that's ready to go and release. I'm definitely excited for that because like I said, the comments there on those blogs and people who get to read these stories, I just can't wait to see what type of interaction comes from that. Um, This show, like I said, we're all over the place. We got some uh, conversation about uh, Donald Trump and the things going on with North Korea, um, some things going on with, uh, you know, what Trump said previously about transsexuals being a part of the the military. I got a lot of a lot of thoughts on that. And I got someone coming on that I really want uh, to get their thought. And I think you guys are going to like their point of view on it. For the film and TV section, we got a conversation about uh, the Luke Cage TV show, but more importantly, the cultural effects of it and how it handled one of the the biggest black superheroes ever in, in comic print. So, you know, that's going to be 
that's going to be really entertaining when we also have uh, a special cipher that's not the cipher our first cipher was was about hip-hop and we had a lot of conversation about rap there but the cipher segment even though it's named the cipher it's more about conversations about music and um artists specifically and getting into deep and you know contrasting uh conversations about different artists all over the spectrum not just hip-hop so we got a special cypher segment that's personal to me it's me alone this week um so hopefully you guys enjoy that a lot but you know enough talking about it let's just get into it this is episode two of the awakened soul let's get Okay, so I promised you guys that this, we were going to open today with a segment that may be a little controversial, it it may piss some people off, Um, but you know what, I'm I'm here to be honest about me, I'm also here to, like I said, provoke thought and conversation, and so I'm on the internet, I'm just doing some research for this podcast and some of the things that I wanted to talk about, and I run across an article that it's like eight reasons why everyone should be watching Love and Hip Hop, and I have, I have some. Okay, so let, let's just get into it. Let, let me stop prefacing it. Loving hip hop is. Oh, I get it. People watch it for escapism. People watch it because it's entertaining. People watch it because they just enjoy it, which is absolutely a hundred percent perfectly fine to enjoy any type of show. That's what shows are here for. They're here to entertain us. But when I start thinking about it deeper, and a. Loving Hip Hop Basketball Wives, shows like this, they're all about the drama. And me personally, call me a prude, call me thinking too much, call me what you want to call me. I'm sick and tired of seeing women, black women, white women, it doesn't matter, women depicted as just being drama. Just having a lot of drama going on. That's the only way that women are presented in, in, in main media to entertain us is that look at the drama that they have in their lives. Look at who they're sleeping with. Look at them gossiping. And if you really look at it on a deeper level, anyone on these shows who start doing good, who stop biting to the drama, who come about just doing business and positivity, get cut for being too boring. And going on, taking it another level, looking at it, you see all types of women, people imitating what they see on shows like this, sticking your tongue out randomly just to, as an emphasis. That That's not attractive. There's nothing good about that. And I could see it if you were 19, 20 doing stuff like this. But there are 30, 40 year old women who are doing this now on social media because that's what they see and that's what they imitate. And all I can say and when I think about stuff like this is I have two daughters personally. And do I would I want my sisters, my daughter, my mother uh, just people close to me acting like the way that the women are portrayed on this show and i know some people are going to listen to this and be like hey you're thinking way too far on it no because when and i'm not saying that kids get it directly from the show because if you i mean if you watch this with your kids that that's one thing but everyone regardless of if you look at this or not there's a kid that's going to see a grown woman acting like this and they're going to think that's how i should act now like i said in of itself it's it's one thing and I, I like shows like power i like i like empire 
I, I like Insecure. These shows are, are cool. They're they're real entertaining shows. That's 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 one thing. But people don't just watch it for that anymore. Like there are people who are imitating and and, and doing this in real life and thinking that this is what they should be doing. This is what needs to be done. This is okay to act like this because Cardi B acts like this. And taking it another level deeper, which if you can't tell, that's kind of my thing. People, what and what really bothers me, and to take it just off women, men too, but people are more comfortable talking about love and hip-hop, basketball wives, power, sports, but yet don't know what's going on in the world around them and that is the the thing that really is is not sitting right with me um like i said like it's it's fine i watch stuff for entertainment i don't watch love and bat love and hip-hop or basketball wives anymore just personally because i as a man got tired of seeing our women depicted as such and that's not all our women are women are amazing and women are great thinkers and some of the best intellectual conversations and most reflective conversations i've ever had have been with women but when you see that that's that that's how that's what's depicted that's becoming the norm that's what people want to put out there on social media what you want to put out on social media that's, that's your thing it's your social media but also realize that there's somebody else who sees that and is going to be like oh is that is that what they are is that what we should be doing like elevate yourself like watch it for the entertainment that's fine but if you're the the just and and the the biggest part of your conversations in life are built around who's sleeping with who what oh did you see what such such did on love and hip-hop oh did you see jamie st patrick do this that that he's a beast that's the all that you if if all you can offer in a conversation is talk like that but yet you don't know what's going on in the world around you you don't know what is the local politics in your city, in your town, in your state. You don't know what is, or what's being decided upon in Washington that's going to trickle down and affect you and your job in a few years. You can't have those type of conversations, but yet all you can say is Trump isn't my president. Okay, why isn't he your president? What is the politics in Trump's campaign that you don't agree with? Don't get me wrong. I'm a not a Trump supporter at all, but at the end of the day, that man is in a, in a position of power that he's going to make decisions that's going to affect our livelihood, the way our kids like go on to live on, the way that our parents are able to retire. That's the position that the man holds, and all you can say is Trump is not my president? Okay, why? That's fine. He's not your Well, he is your president, but it's fine that you don't like him. Hell, that's the, that's the basis that America is set on. Don't like him. But why don't you? What, what, because CNN tells you not to? Like, that that's the thing, and that's the problem with our society. We are more comfortable, and we are more well-versed, and we can have conversations for 30 and 40 minutes and hours about what LeBron James and Kyrie Irving are doing, but yet we can't talk about what... What we as people think that the politics should be, what are are we going to do? And I'm sorry, but as a black man in America, there's only so much conversation that I can have with somebody that's surface level that before I'm just like, okay, this is all that person is about. I can't talk about, hey, did you did you see what Trump said to North Korea? Oh, yeah. Well, I read on the news that, you know, well, Trump Trump's an idiot for saying that Trump's a, a, a racist. Did you? Well, he tweeted that out. Well, what, what did the tweet, tweet say exactly? Oh, you don't know because you're just regurgitating what you heard. Like, that's the thing. And even bigger, like I get the whole stay woke thing is a thing now. That's a movement. This podcast is called The Awakened Soul. But being woke, it's more 
than having natural hair and, and saying that you eat organic food and black power and I hate Trump. Staying woke is about being aware, socially aware of what's going on in the world. And, you know, staying woke ain't saying, hey, yeah, you know, um, I, I only eat. I'm, I'm vegan. You know, I, I only eat organic meat, you know, because what they put in food. You, do you know what they put in the food? Well, what do they put in the food? Well, you know, I, I read that it's better to do this. OK, that's fine. That's good that you read that. But where exactly are these sources of food coming from? Is it is it all chicken that you shouldn't be eating, or is it chicken from this region or is it you got to know what's going on, people? And like I said, I started this off talking about love and hip hop, and that that's the thing. And and we this this is going broad and getting all over the place, and that's fine. That's what this podcast is here for. But you have to you're quote unquote woke. What are you woke about? Okay, that's fine. You use shea butter. You use coconut oil in your hair. That that's that's fine and dandy. I'm glad that you're a natural hair specialist. You know that, but that doesn't equate to being woke. It doesn't equate to, oh, I only listen to, to true hip hop. Okay, you're a hip hop head. That's fine. But um tell me, tell me this. What what's your what your mayor's policies are? You know, what what is what is your mayor doing to generate revenue coming into the state, which then can go into school funding? What what what's your board of education's view is on the, the levels that, that your students should be at? You don't know. Oh, OK. But but you can tell me what what Cardi B did on love and hip hop. More power to you, brother, sister, more power to you. No, you're not woke. I'm sorry. Right now. See, that's that's the thing is the stay woke theme became mainstream. And that's that, that everything becomes that. I'm glad that it's getting that notoriety. But you have people who are flat out idiots talking about their 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 woke. You're not you're not. I'm sorry, you're, you're not woke at all. You, you don't even really know. Matter of fact, you're only, if we're going to keep the whole woke thing going on right now, you're, you're, you're not woke. You're, you're in the inception move. You're in a dream within a dream within a dream that you think you're aware and you think you're woke, but really you're, you're still dreaming. You're, you're not woke. And it, it just pisses me off so bad. Like, like I said, I'm a parent to, to, to daughters, to young African-American women. And we have people who feel like it's 100 percent OK, that that's what they aspire to be is the people on love and hip hop. Oh, I'm sticking my tongue out. I don't give a damn. I can sleep with whoever I want to sleep with. I'm empowered that way. I'm getting this money. Motherfucker, if you was getting this motherfucking money, guess what? Your ass wouldn't have to imitate, imitate anybody. You'd be setting the trend. I'm glad that you're comfortable in your little section that you're in. But that's exactly what. The media wants like they they hope that people are paying more attention to power and loving hip hop and not around or not to what's going on socially or politically. That way, when it's time to vote, they know, oh, these people, are, they're just going to vote whatever politician says he's the most African-American friendly. He's the most pro-black, even though he's not African-American, he's going to be most pro-black. We can bet on the black vote because guess what? They're too busy watching basketball wives and talking about what Jamie St. Patrick got away with than knowing what the politics are. And I'm not here to stand on my high horse. At 19, 20 years old, guess what? I didn't know what the fuck was going on with politics either. I didn't give a damn. I gave, gave a damn about going to my nine to five job, going out to a strip club afterwards and partying. 
I don't expect that necessarily from 19 and 20 year olds. It's great when we get it, but you you don't really expect them to be kind of that aware of the of the of what's going on in the world kind of that age. You know, you, you start tiptoeing in it, then you eventually get in the deep end and then that's when you can start making change. But I'm talking about the 30 plus year olds that are on social media, on Instagram, posting half naked pictures for the likes, uh, looking at world star hip hop. They Oh, they can tell you what the latest world star hip hop video is. Who who got in the fire? Oh, did you see these kids? They jump such and such. You're 35 fucking years old. What the fuck do I give a, give a damn about who's fighting on World Star Hip Hop? It's sad. Don't get me wrong. I look at it differently. It's not entertaining. It's sad that that's what our youth is still out here doing. And, and we're sitting here as the adults watching it on World Star Hip Hop for entertainment while our kids are out there doing stupid shit like that. But yet they're woke. Stay woke. Stay black. Trump's not my president. That's all fine. Like, that's the thing. The statements in and of themselves are absolutely fine. But what behind those statements or facts or whatever are you are you basing that off of nothing you're sitting here going off what's trendy oh you you know that donald trump is not widely liked so guess what if trump's not my president well first of all very well he's your if you're an american citizen he is your president that doesn't mean you have to support him but then whose politics are you going to go and support what are their agendas what are they trying to accomplish that you're going to go and support that's going to contradict or go against what you're worried about Trump doing to our society? You don't know. You don't know because you're too busy. I'm woke. But did you listen to Meek Mill's CD? And we have a whole music section here because music can transcend and it means something to people. But guess what else? You have to be a little, you have to spread that influence. You have to know more than just that. Listening to the common doesn't make you woke. Hearing lyrics and then, regard, oh, well, well, the Migo said, you know, Donald Trump doesn't care about black people and he doesn't. Okay, that's fine. But are you aware that over his life, even before he got into politics, Donald Trump has contributed millions of dollars to pro-black agendas? Like I said, I don't support Trump. I'm not a Trump supporter. I did not vote for the man. But I know why I don't support him. It's not to say, oh, he just doesn't like black people, which, you know, that that's neither here nor there. Um, but it's because of I don't agree with his politics. I don't agree with his agendas. I don't agree with. And that's not to say that I don't agree with everything, because there are some things that he does. He he has intentions of doing that are very real and need to happen. But I know that I can say that I can have those conversations. What I'm saying here and what the purpose of this, and I told you guys, I warned you that I was going to, and I'm sure there are people who are turning this off. They're going to leave me bad iTunes reviews. They're never going to listen again, because guess what? We also live in a time of, of some of the most emotionally fragile and mentally fragile people to ever be in society. Because now if you, if you disagree with somebody, it's you hating. Or, oh, you just don't understand. Or, you know, this is ridiculous. Realize this. People can have different opinions. You should be able, A, as an adult and as someone with fortitude, we can have a conversation on different opinions without arguing. It doesn't need to be, oh, just because I doesn't, don't agree with you, you're an idiot. And and who does that? If you got to throw names to, to have a conversation to disagree, I'm sorry, but you're just, you're sad. You're a sad excuse for a person. 
So here's what I want to say, and I'm sorry that we start off on such a heavy note. When I started this podcast, I was like, okay, we're going to wait until we get too deep into things that may offend people. And I promise you, this is not meant to offend anybody. This is just me stating my opinion. Like, this is the point of this podcast is to have these conversations. So guess what? If you disagree with me, let me know. I'm more than welcome. You want to get on this podcast and disagree with me. I'm more than welcome to to have that conversation without making it be hostile, without arguing. Because I can hear difference of opinion. You're going to hear a segment in this podcast with someone talking about politics that we disagree on a certain topic. But guess what? We are both very respectful of how the other one feels and we have no problem pointing out other things um and that's what we need to get to we live in like i said it's the most it's the most mentally fragile and emotionally fragile people that i that ever may have ever existed all now because people can't take variants of opinions let me know what you think like i said the shows themselves loves and hip-hop to get back on loving hip-hop basketball wives are okay for entertainment if that's what you're watching for and if you know Okay, this is just entertainment. This it's not even necessarily real life. It's a reality show, but it's simulated. All this shit is not real. But for you to a imitate that, b to go even further, and this is the 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 most of what you know, and you don't know if you can tell me, if you can tell me and have a long conversation on basketball, sports, or who's fucking who, or the drama on one of these reality TV shows, but yet you can't tell me who your mayor is. You can't tell me whether they're Republican or Democrat. You can't tell me what what your local mayor of the leans, leans more right or left. What does that even mean? Being woke is about being able to have those conversations, being able to know what's going on in the world and not necessarily what's immediate to you let's start there start by knowing what's immediately going on around you that's going to directly affect you then let's branch out then let's branch out from that and once we do that we cannot be that's the thing we've proven as people this culture is proven once we are all in one accord or at least once we all are can, can get to a point to where we can talk about something intelligently you can't stop us you cannot stop us we live in the age now where all the information is in your pocket. How many people listen to this? Well, if you listen to this, you probably have a smartphone or smart device. All that information is at your fingertips. If you can sit in there and type in and go to World Star Hip Hop and look at three or four videos, guess what? You can do a simple search to know what's going on around you. I'm sorry. Like I said, I don't mean to sound like on a high horse, but this is just something that I and anyone who knows me knows I rarely talk this long in one period about one thing but it's just something that socially got me thinking I have daughters do I do I want them to grow up and think this is the way to act no way in hell ask my any of my kids who John Hansen is and I guarantee you they can answer that question most people don't even know that they're gonna go and google that now and they're gonna come back with two results the first black American president under the the former constitution or they're gonna go on go and read that it was something it's a conspiracy on whether he was really black or not and people are saying no he was not black but now people are that people have twisted that to say that he was black whether you fall on one side or not of that that's a conversation that that's part of our history as americans as people as black people whatever you want to look at it as be aware be really woke don't be fake woke don't daydream all right we're going to get into um the next segment is going to be and like i said i'm sorry for coming in so heavy on you guys the next segment is going to be fun it's a conversation on luke cage
and the cultural impact that they may have had and you know just the overall show on having a black a black show writer and, and very social things there uh let me know your thoughts on it as always i'm ceo hayes you can get to me at ceo h-a-i-z-e on all social media platforms thank you for listening let's get into the fun still not sure what i am i'm just living my life day to day you should be out there helping people. You think I asked for any of this? I was put in some tank like an exotic fish. Came out with abilities. I just want to be left the hell alone. Well, that would be a waste. Ooh, baby, I like it raw. Yeah, baby, I like it raw. So, ladies and gentlemen, after that opening, I told you we'll get into something a little more entertaining. But you know what? This is the Awakened Soul, so it's probably going to turn into some craziness, too. Uh, but it's not me by myself. It is one of my good friends. And honestly, he doesn't know this, so this is the first time he's hearing this. One of the main reasons why I felt like starting the show, because me and this guy have had some conversations about just everything from comics, TV, movies, music, uh, to just life. So this is one of my closest friends. Uh, this is Gerald L. Cooper. I'm, I'm done introing you, Gerald. What's going on? How's it going, man? That's a great intro. I um I don't deserve it. You're, you're doing yourself a discredit, honestly. People, and you'll you'll hear it. Gerald is probably one of the most articulate people I have ever had the pleasure of talking to. I'm not nearly as articulate as him. <laughs> oh, that, uh, but that's you- a setup. I'll, I'll be <laughs> in here. I'm in and on. But um, so we're here to talk some Luke Cage and you guys heard it was a little a little music clip from from the TV show. Um, but this show, Coop, it, it leaves a lot to be talked about a on just a writing level and a character level, but even more importantly, a cultural level. And Luke Cage, one of the more the first mainstream black superheroes. And then for his show to come around and be a bu- bulletproof black man in a time where you know we it's on the news every day about somebody being shot so just just broadly right now what what did you think about the show overall well the two things that you started off with um i'll I'll go light and and positive you talked about the music and and i don't i didn't hear what the intro was but that was one of the things that really struck me right off the bat even the the intro music was very marvin gay and throughout the show, you get um, some tremendous performances. Um, oh, Jendai is his name. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. That that was that was such a great piece in total. When you get the music and you get those those visuals of of, of Cottonmouth, he's he's sort of um, reveling in being the man with that music in the backdrop. I was like, okay, who did this? Let me, I need to shake this man's hand. Whoever put this together. Um, uh, uh, the Raphael Sadiq uh, performance w- was just amazing. And then you get, again, that that sort of um, the, the soul music as the backdrop uh, for, for the most part of, of not m- merely the show, but, but Harlem specifically. I, I thought they made some excellent musical choices to 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 kick it off and um and to go heavy which 
if you ever listen to my my wrestling show, I do quite a bit of. Um, Hayes, you mentioned um, the the bulletproof black man in this time, which um, which was timely to say the least. Uh, last summer, and we're we ex- we're experiencing some. Um, shenanigans, shall we say, over the past couple of days, race race wise. Last summer, I couldn't have been any more frightened for my sons, um, for 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 any black man walking 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 the streets in any metropolitan city. I I was concerned. Um, I'll tell I'll tell you a little story off the grid um, when we're done here. But but I I was I was worried. I was worried for my family, and I was I was worried for myself. There really seemed to be um, war. There, there seemed to be open season on, on black men last summer, and to um, you know, you, you watch something like the Thirteenth, and you're an informed guy. This is all all stuff you knew already, but when you put it in that that framework, where there's a, in, in, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it. There's a scene where there were maybe seven or eight police shootings. Back to back, we we watch it on news. We hear about it. It's a little different than it. Here's another one, and here's another one, and here's another one. And for for this crew at this point to to make a bulletproof black man, it was it was a different kind of hero, you know. That he he, I'm, I'm sure people see it another way, but but he was a guy who could 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 represent us and he couldn't be hurt. He would he was above um what was going on. Uh we talk about comics and, and like I, I be I'm not trying to go along intentionally, but for context's sake, um DC never did any 9-11 stuff outside of um just just pieces, just art pieces. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't because as um their their rationale was as these characters don't exist we can't save anybody. And, and they felt it would be disrespectful. I, I, th- I think this is a little bit different. I think he, he represented the, the black man who, who was above all this and who could get beyond um, what was happening to us out there in the streets. Absolutely. And, and kudos goes off to Marvel also for putting a, a black man at the head to, um, to be the showrunner of the show, because, you know, and not to say that, necessarily a a white person or any other race couldn't have got the same message over but you can tell he was he was in touch and in tune with the message that on a higher level that this show got through and you know uh his chio cooker i believe is his name if i'm not completely murdering his first name and you know he he doesn't really have anything huge to his um to to his record i mean he he was the he wrote the screenplay for the notorious movie but outside of that this is probably the, the most high profile thing he's done and you know marvel they want all their shows and movies they have shown that they have no problem with you know hiring outside of the box you know um the the uh the director of the wonder woman movie um, patty jenkins was originally yes. She was supposed to direct the first Thor, I mean, the second Thor movie. And so, you know, Marvel definitely deserves some kudos for being as in tune to think outside the box to hire this guy. And obviously he he 
so had to sell them on a vision and it's good that they were open to even interviewing them because there's really not that many black showrunners in hollywood and for him to knock it out the park like this his first time was absolutely huge and you know to touch on something that that you mentioned um you said the music and you know me and you we talk music quite often and not just hip-hop not just r&b we talk rock and and everything else you're one of the most well-rounded music people um that i know but it, it seemed like, honestly, like every whoever did the scoring of this TV show was absolutely yes. excellent because everything, yes. every song and, and the cinematography. Let, let's go over that, too. One of the first or one of the biggest scenes we first see Cottonmouth in is him standing in front of the Biggie picture and the crown Oof. is perfectly placed Oof. on top of his head. If that wasn't there was so <laughs> oh much. God. There was so much yes. character development in just that image, not Those even visual. how he acted the scene. Now. Right. Those visuals. Man, like it, that, it's on, on a deeper level, and it's that's the kind of stuff that people may not even notice necessarily until someone else points it out. But right. it's our th- that scene, the way that it was colored, and the way that that crown set perfectly on his head while he was talking about being the king. I think that that was just amazing. It was it was it was an amazing visual. And that and that's a that that's an artist. And and one of the things that that I say about um. taking it back to comics, I say about Dave Gibbons and and, and just a handful of other people, when you take a panel, when you take a a still piece and you can, as a viewer, you feel like you can reach inside and there's so much more, you know, and 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 that's one of those. and, And it's and it's literally a guy in front of a painting, but that slow pan forward and 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 the way he's delivering his lines that's there's this whole other world that i i need to step in like i need to i need to get inside this tv and see what what else is in here and that, and that's that's just um that's um that's great visual storytelling yeah, it, it, it's it's amazing. Like I said, some of that stuff goes over certain people's heads and not and that, I don't mean that as a slight at all. It's just you, you don't not every show or not that many probably at all in general have that depth of of just character development in just a single image. And so right. kudos goes off to the cinematography there. Um, the next thing that I kind of want to ask you about to go to go deeper in the show. And this is a question I put this on my um on my Instagram, I uh, put an image of the show and I asked people to just, you know, kind of give me your thoughts of the show and what you thought about it. And there were actually surprisingly to me, because I, I like I said, I, I felt completely differently. But there were some people who felt that it, it did a disservice to what we go through as black people, what people who have been um, subjugated by the police have gone through. And that for, for me personally I don't understand that. Do you, do you kind of get that criticism or, or do you share that? What do you, what do you think about that? No, um, I, I, I've, I've actually never heard that. And, and, you know, let, let's talk in all fairness, you know, perception is, is, is wholly that person, you know, that's, that's who, that's who they are. That's what they see. And it's, it's fair. I would have had to have seen the arguments in order to, to, I guess, make a counter or, or at least understand what the other, um, what the naysayers, so to speak, um, put out there. But, uh, here, here's, here's what I, what I'll say. And I believe outside of some character choices and narrative choices later in, in the, in the series that this was a poem that, that this was, um, a sonnet to being black. This was, this was one of the most 
positive and and beautiful and uplifting examples. And again, in this in this sort of it, it's it's Harlem, but but it's it's um, the Marvel universe. So so there's that level of hyperbole there, but uplifting pieces of work in as much as okay, you can be proud to be black. Happy to have my my my, my daughter who's um who's a mini me on this stuff. She 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 loves this show and she had similar problems with the narrative later on and love like these beautiful te- look, we're both hetero males, right? Exactly. <laughs> like, we, absolutely. Good looking black men. Beautiful black woman. Dear God, the uh the 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 lawyer who was basically stalking him. Like, like, give me a, like this, this was so incredible in my view. Like they could, whoever saw it in a different light. Again, I would, I would need for this person to be here in order for me to make the argument to the contrary. But, uh, the, the, the scene where the, um, the, the young guys got Luke dead to rights and he doesn't know he doesn't have him dead to rights because he, he doesn't know who he's dealing with. And 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 Luke and it, it was the the Christmas Attic Center, correct? Right. That they were standing in front of. Mm-hmm. And and he's like, you would do this here. You would you would disgrace all of the sacrifice that went into this place and, and this man and, and his history. Shit was beautiful, you know. Th- those things literally touched me, and it it was it was so important for for that kind of thing to, to get out there. Now, as I'm talking about it, I do remember the sort of reverse racism that was going on for a hot second that, oh, well, it, there are all these, you know, there are all these black people in it. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't get it. It's like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I go, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Did I, did I watch friends for eight years and say, I didn't there look at all these white folks. I, I, I don't understand friends in, in in relationships and people caring about each other and the and the thing. What? Why would I understand it in the context of there being white people on the screen and stuff? Just ridiculous. You know, it's I, I I've been listening to. Oh, you know what, dude? I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because <laughs> we're, we're trying we're trying to keep it short. But 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 the but the idea that people don't want to understand and and they put up race blockers they put up gender blockers they they any anything to to say that they don't get it or they feel excluded that that's fine like this this is a party you want to be invited to you you want to be a part of something like this so so if if you're at a place where you're like screw it i don't want to understand and and i'm going to throw every excuse in the book uh up in front of it tonight that's your loss yeah Absolutely. And and the thing is, is that people who say that, like you said, the reverse racism, there's absolutely schools and areas that are predominantly black with a few white. For example, my dad grew up on the south side of Chicago. He was one of a handful of white people other than the blacks and Italians who went to the school he went to. And well, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. So you can't be offended because there, there is. And it, it's that on the flip side, too. There are some schools, for example, the schools that, that my daughters get my daughters are getting ready to go to is a private school. And it's it's like maybe like 20 percent ethnic people. And, you know, I mean, that's just the reality of it. But I, I put my kids in that school so they can get the best education, not necessarily, right. you know, it, right. it's good for them to be around people of, of different races. But that's a that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. And, and we're, and we're, let me let me let me just jump in here real quick. And in, in, in my like that, and that's a, that's a that's a 
separate but included sort of, sort of point. If we're, if we're talking about a good story, we're just talking about a good story. Why do you feel excluded from a good story? I went to see Dunkirk the other day oh, <laughs> or, or the other week. Like, I, I thought it was gorgeous. I thought it was beautiful. There, there's nothing about these the, the, these Brits and these like w- w- whatever nationality that, that I couldn't kind of um, suspend my disbelief and be a part of it. I, again, to to it's just a story. And if and if you're going to put um, again, put race up as a barrier, you're being a little ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that it was when you look at this show and there's so many different levels you can go to with it. This show presented a black man who was bulletproof, but as well as undefeatable. And I don't mean just by a victory of of physical, a physical victory. I mean, morally, too. If you look at what he went through in the show, he was fine staying within his morals, no matter what it looked like, no matter what accusations was thrown against him. And I think that's just a positive message overall. I, I just I felt so good about watching the show now. As much good things did happen in the show. The show was great. I think it was very well written for the majority of the show. We do have to talk about the flip side of that. Yes, and we that do. and the <laughs> and I maybe not the whole second half of the show, but at least the the latter portions. Yeah, the sure. last the last third or fourth of the show, it just it they hit a narrative wall, and I think that it was marked by the death of Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth, yes. who about my. For all my money, as of right now, Cottonmouth to me is the second best villain in all of the MCU. And yes. I'm just, I don't just mean yes. the Netflix Easily. universe. I mean the MCU overall. Easily. It's him and Loki. Easily. Exactly. Yes. And why do. Okay. Okay. Let me. Let me. Because that was a monumental misstep. Okay. Now, in the moment, for, you know, spoilers for those who didn't see it, in the moment, where um, it, it was it was a great emotional moment be, because of um, Mariah's reason for killing him. That was tremendous. Um, it it, it could have been a it could have just been an attack or whatever. But but you killed him. All right. And, and in the moment, it's like, wow, I can't believe she she did that. And there were all of these repressed emotions because the there were some sexual suggestions in her story. Great. But the best character especially as a villain that we have seen in a long time. Guess what? In any context, in any context, Cottonmouth, uh, I can never pronounce the actor's name. I'm not even going to try. The guy's tremendous. Have you seen Moonlight? Absolutely. And I only saw it after I saw his performance in Luke Cage. He he is the only reason I went to go see that move. He's tremendous as Cottonmouth. Now, all right, so he's dead and and we're missing this tremendous villain. You compound that by not giving his like it like the Highlander. Okay, I'm gonna take your head and give your power to the correct person. Oh my god. Mariah. Mariah was the power. Okay. That's where that's where the power should have gone in that moment. She could she could long term be that, but in that moment it should have been her. And you compound it further by one who dear God. So you're going to tack on the brother thing with um, with um, Diamondback. Yeah. Tacked, yeah. Tacked, completely tacked on. 
the the and, and, and physically tacked on are those scenes where they're kids. It's like it, it was almost like, well, how do we make people like like care about this character and care about these relationships? Oh, I'll, I know. We'll, we'll do this whole thing with the church. And he's already um, do, doing scripture over here. And then you compound it further <laughs> by giving him the worst fucking costume Power Ranger knockoff. Oh my god! You get you gave him powers. You gave him powers, and that's not what it's about. Like, the, and the, and this is this is, and they've no one got it right, and a handful of other people got it right as far as superheroes go. It's never about costume powers and punches. It's about people. You you are connected with Peter Parker because you've been broke and you had a girlfriend who you know, was, was slightly out of your, you know, slightly out of your league. And, and, and you relate to Thor because, well, I know I do because I was a geek and I wanted to be looked at like the, the, the football jock or whatever. It's, it's it, those familial ties that, or, or the familial, um, uh, what do you want to call it? Angst that, that he has with his father and his brother. You relate to those things. Fuck a fucking power suit. <laughs> fuck a power suit like like cut that shit out none none of that matters it's it's about the ca- make a rich full robust character and put him in a conflict with another rich robust character that has a motivation i'm your brother i'm mad what <laughs> are you so for real yeah, you, the- you you have these Five or six excellent, beautiful episodes, and then the shit falls off a cliff. And here's the thing is that I think it was extremely short-sighted. I think that, of course, they went into the season with this plan, and they probably didn't know that Cottonmouth would knock that role out the way, because I'm not even going to try to murder his his name either, because I just absolutely would. But the thing is, is that you have to be able to just, if they would have held Cottonmouth, not sorry, not yeah, Cap, no, Diamondback. If they would have held Diamondback off until the second season, yes. that would have gave us a whole season to to really attach ourselves either as hating him or loving him for how good of a villain Cottonmouth was. And then if you would have, let, let's say you would have opened season two, Luke Cage defeated Cottonmouth, whatever. He goes back to his club. Mariah kills him. Then we then we go off into the events. A that gives yourself time to really flesh out what you want Diamondback to be as a character. You had you had Shades, you had Black Mariah, and you had Cottonmouth. You didn't need to add another villain two thirds through the way of the season. You just didn't need to do it. He could have been this 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 overshadowing villain that then didn't make himself visible into maybe even the right. second half of season two. Right. And they, and like, they were so in in in. We we've talked about it in broad strokes, um, but you know that's about me. I, don't beat me over the head who the characters are. If 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 the character it's it's all show don't tell. If the character is acting in a certain way, if his his deeds will inform who he is, the Judas bullet. Yeah, the Judas bullet for real. Like we need we need the we okay no he's on this side and and fuck out of here like don't be like and and, they, and, it, and it's only so egregious to me because everything else was so nuanced everything else was so subtle and then you got to smack us over the head with this is who they are and this is like it's going to show itself 
it's ultimately did you it was all right um and, and, and quick example talk talking about nolan when alfred stops the entire movie <laughs> on a uh uh on dark night and, and talk some men want to watch the work no don't we don't need that <laughs> the, the joker's the joker's already showing you who he is yeah. we don't need you to stop and explain his psychology same here if the if the character if his deeds if his deeds resonate with you for for better or for ill you're going to get who that character is in his soul don't beat us over the head with it that that's a that's a personal pet peeve of mine no, I, I agree too. I, I get exposition, especially with some characters in certain in certain film. But when you have someone who's on the screen as much as Cottonmouth was, you made the comparison to Joker, who I think is a, is a great comparison there because that was a great villain also from Heath Ledger. That you don't need to explain it. You you see no, everything right there. there. You see there. Every, like you you didn't have to. Let's go back to Thor. We both have mentioned Thor here, and that's within the MCU. Thor in that in that first or second scene. Loki made a face when Thor's back was turned that you right there knew, even if you didn't know the comics, you didn't know the story, that he was jealous of Thor. You didn't need him to go and and talk to someone else and say, oh, I'm so jealous of my brother. It was all there in that one one scene. And and yeah. And, you know, and the thing is, is I understand a lot of shows feel like they have to dumb stuff down for their audience. And the thing is, is that you not only bring up the level of your show, you also bring up your audience looking at stuff deeper when you don't yeah. explain everything. Uh, but hey, they want it, though. Like, like people, <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, yeah. it's like and I and I have this whole thing about. You know, we we we're on a you run a pro wrestling network. I am on a pro wrestling network and we talk about this stuff. And there is a war against intellectualism in every aspect of entertainment. But people want to be treated like they are sophisticated. They 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 want it. Now, you you, you get those folks who you can't take to the movies. Why do you do that? What's going on here? I don't understand that at all. Don't don't listen. Don't make me slap you. Like, did I get here before you? There, there are those people. On the other hand, I, I truly believe. <laughs> maybe I'm trying to kind myself, but I truly believe that people want the. You know, we, we, we like our silly. We like our ridiculous. We like our, our simple. But there, there are complex stories, and, and that there are complex characters, and there's that there's depth that people want to get into, and not have their fucking handheld to understand it and i i think i think you if you treat the audience like they're sophisticated they're going to behave like they're sophisticated exactly exactly and you know that we like i said we weren't we were here to talk about so much more than just the show to give a review of the show overall it was more about all the stuff that we did talk about what I want to ask you, we know, Defenders is only a couple of weeks away at this point. Matter of fact, it's not a couple of weeks. It's next week. This time next week, we, me and you, Coop, will probably have watched the whole Defenders, if not at least half of it. I don't um, know about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got a lot going on next week. We have a lot going on next week. Um, but the MCU, the, the, the TV side of the MCU specifically, do you kind of feel, and me and you talk this all the time about, about these movies and movies in general, but do you kind of feel like I feel like the MCU, while they do have great characters there, uh, the, the, the 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 movie side of the MCU, um, they have a lot of great 
characters. They do get in depth, but I feel like th- this Netflix side, you get more personal than you necessarily do with 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 all the characters in 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 the, in the in, yeah in the cinematic side. So what I want to ask you, going into the Defenders, who is the one character you think is going to come out of this and kind of transcend the show? It's it's hard for me to say primarily because, well, a couple of reasons. One, I, I still have yet to watch Iron Fist. Um, I, I can't I can't find the interest um, Two, Jessica Jones was um, I, I, I didn't say this first, but but I took it on. Um, Jessica Jones was very one note for me. And, mm-hmm. and that's the problem I, I, I have for it. it was the again, I. I don't shirk from controversy, but the other part is I, I'm very cognizant of people's feelings. The the um, the the rape aspect of the, the 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 character's motivation was entirely too prevalent, and t- it was ubiquitous throughout the show to the point that it was all that she was, and I and I and I felt that they did the character a disservice. Um, Luke, Luke Cage was. Was very good again, except for the um, the, the the latter portions, probably the last three four episodes. Um, and Daredevil, I felt was excellent. I, I know a lot of people felt that um, that both they they could have been cut down. Um, that there was a lot of story. Um, it, it is it is very difficult for 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 me to say who's going to break out, so to speak. Um, and I'm and and you 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 know me well enough to know I'm not going to hide when I'm not like particularly excited about stuff. I'm not particularly excited about this. It it it's I, I I'm a I'm a comic book guy, particularly the the superhero um, idiom, the superhero genre is it, something that that I appreciate most, even though I I read everything. So I'm all in for a team up. I'm I, I I give 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 me the Legion of Doom. Give me I'm I am all in for a team up. But but there's something a little lackluster about this to me that that's not it, it's I can't really now if we're if we're talking MCU and we're you know not to get too far off the top the subject. How about that Punisher? Man, th- see that's let's, the thing. Let's talk, let's talk that. Yeah, we're gonna have to get it. We're gonna wait till the till the TV show, of course, comes okay. out. But I, but I'm definitely gonna invite you back for that. But the Punisher, a, a show that they kind of threw him into Daredevil. We don't know if they plan necessarily. I'm sure they had hopes to go into his own TV show, but he came out of that second season such the star. And for him not to be in Defenders, I get. But at the same time, I I kind of dislike because he's he's turning into my favorite character there. Um, but to answer the question I asked you is about who do I think can transcend or break out from from the defenders and i honestly think and call me bat shit crazy but for all the all the reasons you named i think jessica jones is and here's why because she was one note but i think putting that demon in Killgrave behind her and now she can kind of heal from the rape we we show that she has kind of some comedic timing about her she she's an overall funny character yes oh she's a great actress she's a great actress um i uh well well i don't even want to get into what i was about to say but um (laughs) she uh i think she i think she's gonna having other characters especially one in iron fist who's so lighthearted to bounce off of i think we're gonna walk away from that really impressed with her and considering wonder woman how good that is considering we're going into captain marvel another female superhero there i think 
the Netflix side would be smart to really put a lot behind her. We know she's getting a second season. I'm looking forward to her. Kristen Ritter is a great actress. I've loved her since Breaking Bad, and I hope that she she does live up to what I'm what I'm uh, proposing here. Now, as far as the Punisher, I'm we're gonna end this, y'all. This, this is it as far as the the Luke Cage portion. But I heard the excitement in your voice. So we're gonna end on you telling us why you like Punisher so much. Oh dear God. Okay. Well. <clears throat> Again, as a comic book guy, I've always felt that the character was very, very difficult to write for. And and, and, talk, and, and again, talk about one note and um, just just not just not very nuanced. So later on, I, I want to say it was Ennis that um, that that wrote a um, uh, uh, born born where they got into the fact that his his psychology that. It didn't matter that his his um, spoilers for those who don't know the Punisher. It didn't matter that his wife and and kids were murdered. He was all he was a monster, and he was no matter what happened, he was always going to be this guy. And and that and that was a, like a great little um, new life for the character because then in the Marvel universe, he wasn't a hero. So the the characters would kind of look at him with disdain like you're you're not one of us you're not of us they had a great little scene in in the original civil war which which i'm sure you've read where captain america um captain america recruits him because they need a covert guy and cap's already got villains so the villains walk out after they introduce the punisher and he guns them down and in this everybody's jaws dropped and he looks around and says what just just that one line what what did you expect Hello, Punisher, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, so so for them to have given him some depth was the move in to John Barenthal just breathing life into this character. What what I dug about him again, this great psychology. He is compelled to kill these these uh, villains. I am the Punisher. This is what I do. This is not about reformation. I'm not Batman. This is this is not about uplifting. I'm not Superman. I am here to punish. And and in the end, he recognizes that he's not right. The the, the scene in the um in the um oh the cemetery. No no I actually 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 I, I was going to go into um the uh the the court scene. Oh, where yeah, yeah. yeah where where Matt gives the this incredible um incredible defense to him and everything else and they cut to him and he's looking around he's like wait a minute I I told you to tell him I'm not crazy and I'm not crazy it's not it, it's not about that and I am willing to be punished myself because he recognized it's oh my god he's so complex they made him so complex and that, that's what he needed that he he needed to be a badass. He he needed to be a killer, and and it and he needed the motivation, but he needed the the conflict, and he understands his own conflict, but he's not going to stop. And that's like that's the best shit. <laughs> like, exactly. like that that's that's the best stuff there. Oh yeah, he he is he's probably the most complex character, maybe in the, yeah. in all the MCU. Yeah. Like the, yeah, the, the the depths there and what that scene in in the cemetery. And yes. I've, I've said this many times, and Coop, you you know me. I'm for the most part, I'm not a very emotional guy. There are very few things that get a 
a huge emotional reaction. Like I can sympathize and empathize with a lot as far as emotion. I'm not emotionally dead, but there's very few times that I react emotionally, even though I can notice the emo. Like I'm a father. That scene where he was explaining his daughter's face and just described it as just being meat. Yes. Touch me. Like, man, I, even, even thinking back on it now, I, I get so touched by that because just to think like your whole world just to be taken from you like that by people who were trying to get you and you're the one who end up surviving and you have to right. realize that they were coming after you, but yet they killed your family. He's carrying so much. Oh, man. And, John, and, and, yeah, no, it, and, 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 and that's the, my, my, my other point where if anybody's listening and you're ever interested in comics and everything, where are the guys that come see? Because because, again, we we see and it, it, even if you have like an ancillary um, sort of uh, connection to the Punisher, you you like the skull on the chest. You've seen the other three shit films <laughs> that, that that they put out with him he's still thought of as a superhero and it's easy to have that narrow vision of what he is. And in general, what comic book characters are, but you get a good writer who understands and, and can, you know, punish is probably about 50 years old now, but maybe may a little bit less, but he's, 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 he's gotta be pushing 50 at this point. Um, yeah. when, when, when you can take years and years of other artists handling his character and extrapolate on what they've already done. You get this. You get you you get this. And I and and again, you know me well. I love a, a dark, messed up character, man. Like that's and and, that, and and instead of just making him this killer badass and and everything else. Oh, I I'd, I'd like to be a, a vigilante and take care of some of this, which people are full of shit when they say that stuff. He's he's so much deeper than just a gun you know what i mean I, I i really um yeah i'm shutting up now because I, I could my god i could ramble on this front <laughs> yeah we can go into another 30 minutes for that but coop thank you for joining me to have this conversation about um luke cage and we branched off into the mcu overall but we'll definitely come back and have a conversation about we'll, we'll have to split it up between the netflix mcu and the and the marvel mcu especially once affinity war gets here hopefully i'm still podcasting doing this that long but <laughs> tell the people where they can find you uh you can find me at gerald l cooper on twitter and i got a little wrestling show on the wwpn you see that little plug there it's called hour of honor i cover ring of honor weekly well not always weekly because i'm all always late but I'm getting caught up. It's a good show. You you should check us out. All right. Thank you, Coop, for joining me. Um, oh, yeah. Also, just to let you know, I will be asking you to hop on the Cypher segment very soon. But thank you for joining me. We're out. All right. Shout outs to Gerald L. Cooper for showing up, talking some Luke Cage with me. Like I said, you, you can find the guy on Twitter. It's Gerald L. Cooper. Uh, so just be prepared. The, the guy is he's very entertaining. Check out his podcast as well. If you like wrestling, it's called The Hour of Honor. But now we're going to head and going to get into this is another like I told you this this episode we went ahead and went into the deep end this is the stay woke segment of this podcast and it's it's a doozy so definitely check this one out stay woke stay woke stay woke stay woke so ladies and gentlemen We've reached the Stay Woke segment of this podcast, and I have a very special friend of mine, my brother from another mother, um, 
be Andrew Bello and don't judge him by the fact that he has a D in front of his name because it's very well earned as you'll see in this segment. Andrew, this is your first episode on the Awakened Soul, hopefully one of many, but tell the people a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, I mean, just in general, what, what are we, I, I, that's such a broad topic. I can, I can just occupy so many hours of time, but yeah, uh, I'm a, a host fellow host of yours on the wrestling world podcast network. Uh, we do red zone and a couple other shows together basically. Um, so that's my relationship with you, I guess. So for those who are wondering and, uh, going, going on from there, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm on here because I'm sort of the token Trump supporter of our podcast, our wrestling podcast network. And, uh, we're going to get into some politics here and uh, i'm going to try my best to represent uh the maga movement to the best of my ability <laughs> oh too bad josh couldn't be here but uh <laughs> <laughs> so oh, i mean that would be good yeah that would be great but the the main topic we're here to discuss is of course what's going on with donald trump well not really donald trump let's not base it solely off him because it's not as much people as want to make it about his response it's about north korea and it's about them threatening to use weapons on guam and and to demonstrate there which is a united states territory so it's under our protection so our president should have responded to it and personally i didn't vote for trump but i i appreciated trump's trump's response to it because what else do you expect the man to say like someone's straight up threatening one of our territories stuff stuff that's not considered technically u.s soil but almost is so bella over what, what were your thoughts on on first before we even get into our president's response what were your thoughts on North Korea and the statement and the actions that, that came out, out from there? Um, I, I think about it on two different – well, I guess three or four different fronts really. It's it's just there's so much there's so much to it. Like this is such a global event obviously. So it, it's something that you can look at from multiple layers. Personally, I don't think they could hit – like I don't think they can hit anything with a missile right now. I think all this shit is just bullshit. Like we've seen some of these tests. They can barely get missiles off the ground. I don't know that they have the nuclear capability. But even if they do, I think they're more likely to end up bombing themselves than anybody else. So <laughs> looking at it from that perspective, I'm not all that really worried about it. And I'm happy Trump called them out on his bullshit. Uh, the next thing from there, I guess, is even if they do – uh, why Guam, right? Because Guam is the closest possible territory that we're slightly invested in uh, to, you know, to them. So mm-hmm. can they only reach Guam? Are they going to maybe use Guam as a test to see if we can actually shoot something down? You know, Guam seems just sort of no offense to anybody who lives on Guam, but it's fairly inconsequential. Like I forgot Guam existed until it was brought up <laughs> recently with all these events. Um, now, if we want to take it from like he's serious and he's absolutely got some sort of capabilities, he's flexing his muscle. Um, I think, you know, at the end of the day, diplomacy clearly isn't going to work with this guy. He's a madman. He's killed his brother and his uncle like he's just had them killed. For the sake of trying to maintain his power or just on a power trip and he can do whatever the hell he wants. So he snapped his finger and his brother died. He was like hit with some sort of like poison attack in the middle of a mall. It's fucking crazy. Like this is the type of guy we're dealing with. So for anybody out there looking at it from the perspective of like, yeah, like Trump is yeah, anybody looking at it like this Trump is this evil person looking at it like, no, this guy is legitimately evil. Like he has active concentration camps. He is like willing to kill family members to stay in power. This is a guy that I don't know that he can be reasoned with. So it might only come down to some sort of military action. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, Saturday morning, I mean, this has been going on, I believe, what since Thursday, Friday, if not before then. But even Saturday, we had uh 
word come out of North Korea, and I'm reading this directly, is that if the Trump administration does not want the American empire to meet its tragic doom in its tenure, they better talk and act properly. Like, come on. How, how can you, that as much as you hate, as anyone hates Donald Trump as being our president, that's not only a, a, a threat or war, war words against him, that's directly taking aim in our country. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, for anybody who thinks, you know, just just looking at it from the like, what would any of what would any person do? Like, I, I just try to put myself in my shoes. And anytime I look at these kinds of like I put myself in his shoes, rather, um, anytime I look at this sort of decision, like I'd have already hit the button. Like, there's no reasoning with this madman. I'd feel terrible for any of the innocent citizens that would live there. But it seems to be some sort of impenetrable, impenetrable little uh, part of that peninsula there where we like if we could get spies in there and just shoot this guy and end this thing like that's obviously ideal. But apparently that might not be on the table. Otherwise, why wouldn't it have happened already? We're not even talking about him, but his father before him. This has been going on for 20, 30, 40 years. This is just it's gotten to the point now to where they may have something that could harm our country. And I mean, you can't take that risk. If there's even a 1% possibility it could happen, you got to take it as a certainty. Americans can die. Exactly. And you know, North Korea has been a problem, as you said, for every president in recent memory in our lifetime has had to deal with some type of war of words or something else to do with North Korea. And it just so happens that they have, like you said, a madman now in control to where he may seriously do something just to prove he can. And at that point, what do you expect our response to be? And, you know, let's let's get on the flip side of this, too. And we're, we're still going to talk um, Trump's re- response. But we get we, J- Japan and South Korea getting involved. Apparently, South Korea, we've getting the, given them anti air uh, defense weapons that they can use in case something go, goes does come from from uh, from North Korea and Japan saying that they'll take the necessary measures now to get into what our our president said and you weren't around Bello but at the top of the show I went on a lengthy rant about people in this society and culture being able to tell you exactly what happened in reality TV but yet all they can say is that Trump isn't my president but can't explain what they don't like about his politics which is something that I, I I like I said I did not vote for Trump at all but I have a respect for levels of authority I come from a military background and at some point you do have to realize that this man is in charge of our country regardless of your what your personal opinions are of it and that you have to do your due diligence to at least educate yourself on his politics and what his methods are other than just going around saying Trump isn't my president. I hate Trump. It's fine to say that it's well within your rights as American to say that, but at least have something to back it up on why you're saying it. But nonetheless, I I digress. I got sidetracked there. That's just something that's really been (laughs) bothering me lately. Um, But what were your thoughts on, on Trump's direct response and saying, you know, I have one quote here that I want to read him saying, let's see what he does in Guam. He does something there and it will be an event the likes of which nobody has seen. I love we both watch wrestling and we yep. both know the art of the promo. The man can cut a promo. He is a <laughs> WWE Hall of Famer, by the way. Yep. I, I love that response because, like I said, as someone who comes from a military family and he's the commander in chief, I'm not saying I want him necessarily be, but he is. I like the leader and the front man of our country to at least have that response to someone who is threatening American lives. Yeah, I I think and this is something I'm probably throughout the course of this conversation, quote, many another conservative pundit, not 
for any reason other than they word it better than I can. But um, Ben Shapiro always well has been talking about recently how the left and the and, and in this case, pretty much anybody who's anti-Trump, uh, the Democratic Party, they look at diplomacy like it is the policy. When diplomacy is a way to implement policy, you don't you, the plan isn't to be diplomatic. The plan is to use diplomacy to ultimately reach a goal. And in this case, like this type of language that Trump is using is is flexing muscle. It's the iron fist. And, you know, diplomacy would be the velvet glove. And that's just sort of how you can handle any situation is that if North Korea crosses a line, they have to know that we're willing to bring, as Trump so eloquently put it, the fire and the fury. And it was just <laughs> like he's like and, – and, and the day after that, the press questions him about the fire and the fury. And he goes, maybe it wasn't strong enough. Like the likes of which you've never seen. An event the likes of which you've never seen was the ultimate way that he put it. And that means more or less one thing, right, to everybody is that he's willing to nuke them. And whether or not he actually is, North Korea needs to think that. And this is what he talked about during his campaign is that I'm not going to show my hand. I'm not going to tell the press in a briefing what my military and diplomatic strategies are for a situation like this. Then he knows everything I'm going to do. So he'll say I'm willing to nuke you and maybe he's not, but maybe he is. And we don't know. And Kim Jong-un doesn't know. And that's the point. I I couldn't have said that any better myself. That is the point. And, you know, for all the hate people have for Trump and, you know, he, he is our president. The thing is, is like I said, it's fine to hate him. It's fine not to like him, but know your politics. Do some research and knowing instead of just Trump isn't our president. Let let get some more conversation going other than that. What are your policies? What policies would you like to see Trump adopt? Let's have those conversations other than just the general Trump's not my president. Come on now. Yeah. But, I think it's um, just I think that's just so funny, like all of that stuff. Like, I don't know. I just can't help it as somebody who is a strong supporter and voted for him. When I hear stuff like he's not my president and then, you know, I watch like the YouTube clips of like people being asked, like, why don't you like his policies or what policies you don't like? And they just have no idea. Yeah. Like, that's just like, oh, come on, man. Like, I mean, even even somebody, anybody like on, you know, for, for all the hate it gets on Reddit, uh, the Donald. Like anybody on there can at least tell you why they feel the way that they feel. It might be reprehensible, but they can at least put it into words. Exactly. And then and the thing I, I must commend you on and I've I work with I've run into some people who are Trump supporters that are just over the top. But, you know, me and you are friends in general in life. We're also friends in Facebook. And I've seen you respectfully get your point across so many times where people have kind of just come at you. And I have to commend you to that because, you know, not everyone and that goes on both sides. But I, definitely. And, you know, people may hear this and heard that you started off by saying you are a Trump supporter and, and initially think uh, or view you as some way. And I can single handedly say right here, right now, Andrew Bello is not that like the, the, the guy is one of the smartest people that I that I talk to on, on a regular basis. So, um, you know, that that that's was the whole North Korea thing I, I do want to get into and because this me and you we, we texted about this not too long ago that we've never really disagreed on much at least not majorly and this is something that I, I don't think me and you've ever really even talked about maybe this is our first disagreement as far as on air but Donald Trump for whatever's being said you know no more just to dumb it down this is a uh, oversimplification but transsexuals in the military 
them not being able to serve. What are your thoughts on that? I am supportive of the decision. I don't necessarily think it's something like I would have made. Like, I don't think it's causing enough of a problem. There's so many other things that are going on that uh, while maybe it's something that they and the department of, uh, you know, the, the, the state department and all the other military branches were ta- discussing as a means of cost cutting. Cause that's certainly one of the, the factors here. Mm-hmm. Um, transgender soldiers and transgender people, you know, they may be going through certain hormonal therapies. They, they generally have a higher medical cost, if nothing else. Um, there's also people joining the military pre-op and now the military is paying for that transition therapy or the, the transition procedure and all that sort of stuff. So from, again, a, just a strictly cost-cutting measure, that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, in addition to that, I think there's a lot of data that supports um, you know, my, my personal opinion, and this is going to be controversial. And frankly, I'm just, I'm sick of it being that the case is I think, you know, this is a very, very small percentage of the population that has occupied so much of the culture to the point to where now like Chelsea Manning is on the cover of Vogue and she's really like a, you know, she committed treason basically. Like she, she leaked classified information. She did the same thing Edward Snowden did and they'd be throwing the bricks at him if he ever came back and on us soil. Um, so it's, it's just, it draws, it's way too small of an issue for me to really care about on a regular basis. And I think it's, it's at the point to where, and I'll say it just as bluntly as I possibly can. I think it's a, a particular brand of mental disorder that has, you know, similar syndrome, uh, similar symptoms to things like anorexia, where it's your body your mind is telling you something different than what reality is. Anorexics look in the mirror, they see themselves as fat, but obviously they, you could see their ribs like that sort of, it's a, it's a body dysmorphia, I believe is the more technical term or a gender dysphoria. Um, it's, it's something that we're normalizing when I don't think it's something that should be necessarily normalized in our culture. And I'm not against LGBT across the board, frankly, like gays and lesbians are, and bisexuals are a completely different thing to me. It's they like a certain thing. And this person's telling me they are a certain thing. And it's getting to the point to where you're going to have transracial people, trans age people, a 60 year old man is going to be able to try to have sex with a 13 year old girl because they think they're 13. These are the types, this is the slippery slope I can, I'm concerned about on a cultural level, not necessarily a political level. Um, and people who say that the slippery slope argument is particularly lazy as Steven Crowder once worded it, like, look behind you. That's the slope. Like we're halfway down it already. There's certain aspects of society that have just gotten to the point where I can't even voice this opinion openly in a normal conversation, but I'm going to do it here for the sake of having, you know, an honest conversation about it. Um, it, it's just, I, I don't think these things should be mattering as much <laughs> as they do at the end of the day. And for people to just be piling on, piling on, piling on, piling on, they're not looking at the data. Again, there's the cost. There's also a lot of studies that suggest, and this is part of the mental disorder argument, that there are massive depression and suicide rates amongst transgenders in Western culture, uh, the likes of which haven't been seen since like, since the Jewish residents of Germany during World War II, uh, 40% suicide rates, uh, depression rates, uh, you know, People who are transitioning too early realize that they, you know, shouldn't have done so. And now they have to deal with that sort of thing for the rest of their lives, leading to all sorts of other depressive issues. Again, 
I, I feel for these people. And if I ever if I were to engage a transgender person, I would handle them the same way I would anybody else until they gave me reason to think otherwise. But it's just one of these things that I, I think it's, you know, there's a sound there's sound reasoning behind it besides transphobia or hate or whatever the case may be. There's there's legitimate reasons of looking at it objectively and saying that, yeah, maybe that was a good decision to make. We're talking about the strongest fighting force in the world and trying to our, our objective or the military's objective is to just be the most efficient killing machine it possibly can be, especially under General Mattis right now as the Secretary of Defense. Oh, um, so, and and you know he doesn't he doesn't you know he doesn't have problems sleeping at night. He keeps other people up at night, and that's exactly the type of force that you need to at least display as a military. And you know that that's it goes back to the same thing like Trump said with the nukes. You need to be able to at least project that you are willing to go that far. Because otherwise, there's no reason for the other person to be, you know, succumb to your diplomacy because they're not worried about it. So, yeah, yeah. There's I, that. I, and I understand where you're coming from as far as the data and the increased cost in medical care. Those are all things that overall are looked at, not just with transsexuals overall, as far as budget cutting for our, for our government. It, it, yeah. it just is. And someone not even necessarily going in trying to figure out, okay, how can we get transsexuals out the military? Just looking at the raw data could have come up with those results. And so you have to, like you said, objectively look at that. Um, but, you know, as far as, and here, here's me, and this is one of those rare things that I do have a big emotional attachment to is serving in the military. My father, my mother, my grandfather, my uncles all served in the military. I would have served in the military, but my dad begged me not to go into the military because of uh, the war on terror and everything that was going on. It was almost guaranteed that I would have got sent over there if I would have joined and he was just like look you're my only son just I'm asking you don't join because I was ready to sign like it when, when my knee went out when I was close to getting that scholarship in football my mind immediately went to when well, my dad was in the military for 20 plus years you know what I'll go he was like son please if you don't listen I will pay he offered to pay for my college all of it so I just so I wouldn't go to the military but you know that that's a story for another day um but I feel like being willing to give your life to fight for our country because that's the way you need to look at the military is that there's a chance whether it looks like it's going to happen or not you will go to war and you may lose your life to fight for your country and I respect that at such a high level that I feel like anyone should have that opportunity and then, like I said that's me strictly talking emotionally I will 100% admit that it's not me looking at data looking at what will save the government more money looking at our, our deficits or anything like that it's solely based off the respect that I have for people who serve in our military and how much of a sacrifice I know that that is so I feel like no one should be excluded from doing so if they're willing to do that now I will have to admittedly look more into the other aspects, um, which is exactly why I wanted to have you on as far as the mental side of things and and everything else to go on with with um, that transsexual community that that we see. And, and it's not that I, ha- I have nothing in in the world against gays, bi's, lesbians, none of that, because at the end of the day, I feel like you should treat people as people unless someone personally does something to you treat people like people regardless of race or anything else um but you know it 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 is and it's become such a it's almost now to the point to where if you say if someone says i don't agree with someone identifying as another gender you were born as what you were born at as just as their personal opinion 
now they're crucified as being like you said having transphobia hating gays hating transsex and it doesn't necessarily have to you can not agree with decisions somebody makes without all of a sudden now hating that same community um so yeah and and i mean it's it's just funny because it's one of those things where it's the convenient truths at certain times for certain people making certain arguments so we want to uh, as as the left would would argue you know science climate change it's science it's this and then when it comes down to x and y chromosomes all of a sudden it's not science anymore like science isn't covering all of the truth all of a sudden you know it's just one of those things that it's it blows my mind when i can have conversations with people and they have those kind of contradictions and and i'll point them out and they'll try to talk themselves out of them but just because they're so passionate about their dislike for the right or for Trump or whatever the case may be. So it, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like to me, it's it's biology. You're born with parts. Those are your parts. That's your gender. You know, I, and that's the only way I've ever known it. Now, maybe my daughter and your our kids will be taught differently and it'll become a social norm. And whether it does or it doesn't, it's really I mean, it's it's be, it's a, above any of us in this particular you know conversation. But it's you know if that ends up becoming the case that's cool but as of right now it's not in my mind and i'm gonna live my life that way yeah and i mean the same thing was looked at when people were gay i mean back in the day gay was so few and far between that when people started that started coming out more it was looked at the same way as kind of the transsexual community is now so who's to say that that doesn't slowly get incorporated more into our well it is already getting incorporated more into our yeah. culture and oh it's being normalized at a, oh, and yeah. in a in a in an almost uncomfortable way not just for somebody who has issues personally wrapping my head around the concept and and the acceptance of it but the fact that it's almost being it's being pushed on children now like you can't even consent to having sex but you can decide that you're not of the your natural born yeah. sex and that, that's that what sort I of don't... stuff is like mind-blowing that it's being normalized to that degree if it exists somewhere in some obscure plane of existence i can live with it but the fact that it's like on the front cover of vogue and shit like that is just like that i can't like i on a personal level i just can't stand for that like i just that needs to be reined in at least a little bit yeah and i i definitely you you see uh, and me and you've talked about this before like you have kids as young as 12 13 transitioning and their parents funding that and it's like you really don't know enough about life yet to make that decision and if you become an adult you're 18 19 20 you decide to do that by all means at that point you're an adult but as me and you have both everybody's been a teenager my mind went from extreme left to extreme right so many times as a teenager <laughs> what what does what does it did it make sense for like i mean i i went from playing the saxophone to playing the piano like what what sense does it make to say no at 13 you decided to, you wanted to play the saxophone that's literally the only instrument you can touch for the rest of your life yeah it's, like, it just it doesn't make any sense at that early of age and if i have any problem with it it's it's that like let's people can do whatever the hell they want to do as adults because at that point we expect you enough as an adult to be able to have thought about the decision before you still may make a, a decision that you regret but at 12 and 13 to allow someone to make a life-altering decision like that it yeah. it, it as a parent that's just uh, that that's a that's a slippery slope and like you said what people it think is. about slippery slopes but let, let's let's move on from this um because I'm, I'm sure 
I'm sure the negative iTunes reviews are coming in oh, right yeah. now. Let it rain at WWPN Bella. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we're here. That's what the Awakened Soul is about. It's about to provoke that thought and conversation. And the fact of the matter is, you should be able to engage in conversation without necessarily being offended. Like, if you disagree with anything that Bella has said that I have said, reach out. Let's have that conversation. We're all adults. We can have conversations. But don't go right into labeling anybody as anything. Um, but we would be remiss if we didn't at least as much as the details are still coming out, the whole thing going on in Charlottesville. Um, we have to talk, touch on it. Like I said, I mean, just as I, I really, I really don't even know what exactly to say about it because it's, it's like, here we go again, here, here we go again. Um, so we had what has been described as a racist rally in Charlottesville, Virginia on Saturday. Um, and a 32 year old paralegal by the name of, uh, Heather Hayer was killed in an attack during these riots. That that's the facts as they stand right now. We have also 19 other people injured during, during this rally. Just like I said, results are still coming in. What do you think about this? Andrew Bello? Yeah, this is this one is another one that's really cut and dry for me. Like this was reprehensible. The act that this guy committed is uh, just ridiculous and terrible and should be scorned at at the loudest of mountaintops. Like this guy was a fucking scumbag that drove a car into a crowd of people. So anybody who may have thought I was going to somehow, you know, try to justify his actions, I'm not. That guy's a son of a bitch. Klansmen, uh, white supremacists of any kind, Nazis, all that shit, garbage. It's fucking horrible. That's what people know or should know as the alt-right. That's Richard Spencer. That's the Klan. That's the neo-Nazis. That's the, the, the terrible, terrible people that are often painted as a representation of all Trump supporters. And that's where I draw a huge issue with all of the news coverage surrounding this, is this guy has turned into me all of a sudden, and that's some bullshit. I I am a loud and proud Trump supporter. I wear my MAGA hat everywhere, uh, and I try to do that in a way that represents the people that aren't batshit crazy that support Donald Trump. Somebody who just will hold hold the door open for you, say please and thank you, like just a normal everyday guy who just wants his coffee and wants to get to work. You know, like that that's that's something that I try to do and I try to represent every day. I put the bumper sticker on my car, I try to drive like a normal human being. You know, like these are the types of things. Uh and I just think it's convenient that all of a sudden this douchebag that decided to run a car into a crowd of people now represents me and anybody who wears the MAGA hat or anybody who voted for Trump or anybody on the Donald. This is one absolute lunatic psychopath who deserves to be locked up and probably given the death penalty if it's available in Virginia, which I doubt it is because it's been under Democratic control for a while. Um, but um, these these things are, yeah, this, this is going to turn into an almost everyday occurrence until uh, more of a police presence starts arising at these types of events because as much of as horrible as this was it was horrible and somebody died so it's even more horrible uh, i did not see people freaking out the same way when half of uc berkeley's campus was on fire because milo just went to go speak there uh you know the, there's 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 a, a huge slant in the news coverage and this is why it's you know it's not it, it's a lot of times it's fake news and it's not fake because they're not telling you the truth it's fake because they're only telling you parts of it and that's the some of the things that somebody like myself takes issue with when I when I see something like this happen is I'm on Twitter, 
and all it is is this is Trump's fault. How how is this Trump's fault? Trump's not a Nazi. At no point in time has he expressed that he's a Nazi. He's very pro-Israel. At no point in time has he expressed disdain for the black community. He has donated millions upon millions of dollars to various charities to help them. Let, let's uh, let's, in, and in let's stop there for a second. Policies. He for all the and again, like I said, I didn't. I know coming out of this just because I do look at both sides of things, and I'm just presenting things to the contrary and people are going to label me as a Trump supporter which I'm not but Donald Trump donated millions of dollars to the rainbow correlation or correlation whatever it was called back in the day like like you said he's donated money to things that are pro African American way before he even got into politics and so people choose to forget about that and just label him as a racist, I mean, the guy's politics are one thing, but I mean, he's he's done things that other millionaires in his position, billionaires, have not done. So I I, I don't like him being labeled as a racist because I don't I honestly, truthfully don't believe Donald Trump is a racist. I think that he is ignorant to certain things. That's just admittedly, oh, I, yeah. I do think he's that, uh, but he's not by any means a racist. And let's get into his response from this, because he he was silent for a while and people took that and ran with it but he did tweet out we all must be united and condemn all the hate that all that hate stands for there is no place for this kind of violence in america let's come together as one he did not have to tweet that out at all and people were trying to say well he had to he's the president he didn't necessarily have to but he did and so i'm taking that for face value at least he did say that he the man is our commander-in-chief luckily he did think enough about it to say that now i think that more definitely needs to follow but as i said the facts are still coming out this situation is still not over all the way so let's wait till it dies down to then see what our what his response is to it before we just all of a sudden go off and label donald trump as this or that or say that he supports this which i in no means believe he does but I, I, I'm going to disagree a little bit. I think he did have to tweet it uh, from yeah. not only a political, but just a uh, just a professional. Uh, you know, every time, True. anytime, anytime anything happens like on this level, the president has to make a comment like this. And it was fairly generic. And the criticism of it is he hasn't denounced the alt right. Well, he never declared the alt right. Like he's not alt right. He's not that. They Yes, some of them support him. But there's, you know, there's equally reprehensible people on the left that supported Hillary Clinton. Do we hold her beholden to all of those things? There's, you know, that it's 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 the uh, it's the, the double standard that exists on mainstream media and things of the like. And it's funny because when you sit down and you have a conversation with, you know, I sit down, and have a conversation with somebody like you or any anybody else I might be able to have an open political conversation with. They don't think that way. They may be liberal or they may be somewhere in the middle or like yourself, you're kind of all over the place, which is awesome. I think that's great. I I think I am, too, in some respect. But, um, you know, that that people do not think it's as extreme as CNN is telling them. But the louder CNN yells it, the more people are going to start leaning that way. And it just gets to the point to where. It, you know, when you when you when you see Donald Trump tweets and within seconds, there's like a thousand people I'm like, fuck you, you're racist. And it, for no reason, no, no, having nothing to do with the particular tweet that he tweeted. And they're just sitting there and like their lives are dependent on that next Donald Trump tweet notification so that they can immediately put their pre-drafted 
hate tweet in there like what this is a life this and i'm supposed to respect your yeah it is and, and that and that goes back into what kind of i said at the beginning of this podcast is that don't just take what the news because there are news outlets that have agendas and, and oh, people yeah. don't realize that they they only watch abc because that's one of the things that they just are they always watch cnn just because that's just what they watch Whatever the news reports, do a little research on it before and form your opinion. It's fine to have an opinion one way or another. It's fine to use the news as a jumping off point, but do a little research because there are agendas on both sides that you have to make yourself aware of. But Bello, I know when I pitched this to you, I asked you to come on for 15 minutes, <laughs> but um, you will be back. You know, you know, you oh, will yeah. for, for probably a cypher and a film and TV segment, probably all over this damn podcast at one point. Yeah. Um, but as we get ready to to end this segment, tell the people where they either support, argue or hopefully have adult conversation about about your, your views. All right. And uh, yeah, one one more thing before I give that out is that people often ask me, you know, Bella, where do you get your news? CNN's so fake. Um, well, I, I look all over the place. A lot of the times if I'm reading like Washington Post, like I just get like a little bit of vomit that comes up because it's just awful most of the time. Uh, but, you know, CNN, it claims to be fair like and, and Fox News, same thing. They claim to be like fair and balanced and it, they're clearly not. They clearly have a left and a right lean, respectively. MSNBC is pretty openly left. That's cool. If you're looking for something openly right. That's pretty good uh, across the board. I always da- the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro. Uh, he's not pro-Trump. He's not anti-Trump. He actually gives a relatively fair perspective on a lot of things. He's openly conservative. He's openly religious and Orthodox Jew. He's you know these are all things that he incorporates into his bias, and he lets you know about them. So if if you're looking for somebody reasonable on the right to give you some perspective, I direct you over there. But you could find me online uh, at WWP and Bello for wrestling related chatter. You can find me at the Andrew Bello uh, for political chatter. It's often me just retweeting the Trump family and James Woods, but it's there. <laughs> well, thank you for joining me uh, for the stay woke segment. I, I definitely think there's a lot to chew on here in this segment and hopefully people listen objectively and Bello, like I said, thank you for joining me. You'll be back again. I hope so. All right, so hopefully you guys got a lot out of that with Andrew. Um, next, we're going to get into the last segment for today, and that is the Cypher segment, a very special one that means a lot to me. It's an abbreviated one because of everything we jam-packed into this uh, show for today, but let's go ahead and get into the Cypher. Alright, if you guys couldn't tell from that intro, we're going to talk some Stevie Wonder. And like I said, I get it. Everyone wasn't expect the site. It's called the Cypher. You may expect just hip hop, but this is about music in general. And so Stevie Wonder, I wanted to do this. I've been wanting to do this for a very long time is talk about Stevie Wonder, because in my opinion, Stevie Wonder is by far the greatest singer and songwriter combination to ever step foot in the music industry. And here's why Stevie Wonder is blind. He at one point, he lost his sense of smell and his sense of taste, which really doesn't apply to this. But that just tells you everything that the man's been through. But he's blind. 
but yet he writes and composes music. Now, keep in mind, Jay-Z, for example, gets a lot of credit for not writing his raps. But think of if you were blind and didn't even have the ability to write them. You can't write in, in Braille, to my knowledge, unless they've come up with some crazy technology. But not only did he write, it's, it's different when you're in your own head. Like he plays so many different. That's another thing. The guy plays almost every instrument you can name. But to be able to write songs at the level that he's done, not just for himself, for other people. Now, think about this. If you don't have the ability to see and you can't write because you, you don't know how to, you, you can't see. So you won't be able to write on the paper. How do you explain to other people how to sing a song? How do you explain what what note for other people to, to play an instrument in? This guy was able to do that all without being able to see. And he lost his sense of sight at a early age. This guy has written songs for the Supremes, Marvin Gaye, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, Michael Jackson, the Four Tops, the Temptations, like though the Spinners. These are many Ripperton. I'm sorry. I just I, I just keep thinking about the names that he's written songs for. Now, explain to me how you can do that when you're writing those songs. But then you have to explain to somebody else to sing them. You have to be able to write something and, and keep the song together all in your head and then convey or sing it. So somebody else knows how to sing and what notes you wrote that in. He's written songs for some of the all time greats. And I feel like. At least in my generation, maybe in the generation that he was in, it was more widely appreciated that we've forgotten just how amazing this guy is. Stevie Wonder is by far one of the greatest musical talents to ever, ever step foot in this world. And so in a segment, we were going long. So I, I knew we had to keep it short and we actually won't have a question and answer segment for today. I do apologize to all the questions we got. I may answer some on my Twitter and on my Instagram. So that's at CEO Hayes. If you didn't get it from the rest of this podcast, but this guy is one, if not the greatest musical mind ever. And I wanted to give him his just due. Stevie wonder is just amazing and we and all this that i've been talking about him on i didn't even talk about some of the great songs that he's written for himself this guy has been able to transcend any genre of music kanye west has said before that he's really trying to live up to what stevie wonder has been able to do musically and stevie wonder isn't nearly a rapper just think about that when you sit down and for anyone who's younger listening to this who really doesn't grasp it go and download a stevie wonder's greatest hits or better yet go and pay for one and the music that stevie wonder makes elicits a feeling out of you like master blaster is it's just a such a feel-good song knock me off my feet lately like come on now this this man is 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 so like I couldn't even do it just I can have a whole hour of just talking about Stevie Wonder and breaking down his songs and they still wouldn't do the man credit. Stevie Wonder is the greatest songwriter and overall musician that has ever stepped foot in any building. And I'm I definitely want to open this up to hear everybody else's opinion. Like I said, this cypher segment is very short because we had so much else jam packed in the show. But Stevie Wonder is a great musical talent. Thank you, Stevie, for all the memories that I have to your music. I'm only 30 years old. Some of his songs are older than me. most of his songs are probably older than me. But the guy has 
had such I have such an attachment to Stevie Wonder music and I definitely wanted to give him his just due since now I have the platform. Thank you, Stevie. That ends the Cypher segment. That ends the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Awakened Soul episode two. As always, leave a review. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Let me know how you feel. Reach out to me at CEO Hayes. This podcast is just growing immensely, and I want to thank each and every one of you guys. Let me know who your greatest musical talent is, who you think it is. I'd definitely be able to, because it can go any place. I'd definitely be be interested in hearing that from everybody. Again, this is The Waking Soul. I am CEO Hayes. Thank you, and I love you, and I'm out. Oh, let